Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. We were mutually texting our plan for this podcast, and it's <laughs> focusing on our negative attitude towards the game between ASU and Michigan State uh, yeah. in East Lansing Spartan Stadium, where the Spartans are favored by a lot. Uh, what it, is the line? I don't even know exactly what it is. They, uh, I'm guessing 10 plus 15, 15. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, you know, I could see that they've, they've played well and it's at their place and you know, I'm not too shocked by that. Uh, to your point about the Spartans playing well, they've outscored opponents by an average of almost four touchdowns to start the year. Yeah. Through their first two games. They've allowed only 216 yards uh, on offense on average, of which negative three of those are the rush yards allowed <laughs> per game. Yeah, yeah. You're obviously uh, skewed a bit by that crazy first game, negative 73, which obviously had a bunch of sacks in it. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, they're always good defensively, it seems like. I mean, with D'Antonio, who's been there for now – uh, over 10 years, I think. Um, and, you know, has a defensive background himself coming from Ohio state. Uh, you know, their offense kind of comes and goes. They've had some teams that are good offensively, some good quarterbacks. They've had some years where their offense has really been poor. Last year was one, but you know, their defense is, is going to be good. Always is. Um, they always have studs and, uh, you know, they're always tough. And, and, uh, the way we've played offense in the first two weeks, makes that even more imposing. Michigan State beat Tulsa in their opener 28-7, beat Western Michigan 51-17. They're the number 18 team in the country. And the main story about ASU on The Athletic today, ASU football that is, uh, is about how bad our offensive line is. So, <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's something we've talked about over the first couple weeks. And, you know, I, I mean, keep going back. And the story was, was really – very good and in, in that it broke down you know it kind of kind of hit on the fact just like we talked about you know in in the end of july early august that you know coming into the season it looked like it was going to be a strength but what it what it really i guess masked you know was that the, the depth wasn't there um it could have been a strength if everything had come together well and it hasn't uh, we've had you know two of the projected starters uh you know haven't played this year one hasn't been with the team all season the other one got hurt right before the season and that's really messed up just about everything and and instead of having a unit with five seniors uh potentially uh that all had starting experience we're starting two freshmen including at center and you know a, a right tackle who hasn't played right tackle before a left tackle who hasn't played there in two years it's just it's been bumpy and it's showing asu has Managed to uh, average over 130 yards on the ground, but it has been a slog to yeah, get there, to yeah, say the least, a, for Eno Benjamin. That's a misleading number. It's misleading, and, and it's also, honestly, it's not misleading, because that number you would you would have expected prior to the season that that number would be somewhere around 200 per game in the first two games, given the quality of opponent, given that you would have expected us to have you know sizable leads, which was not the case. Uh, you know, in the second half of either game, uh, you know, it was 10 nothing at the half of Kent State. 
it was three nothing at the half of Sacramento State, you would have certainly, I think, expected I did to have bigger leads and be able to run the ball and not have to throw it much in the second half. And so 130 a game, you know, against um, you know, if that was against Michigan State and Cal, that'd be nice. Against the two teams that we've played, that's not very good. Yeah, I think that the main concern for me is that it was going to be bumpy, and you could tell from the Kent State game that the offensive line play was going to be bumpy. Mm -hmm. But it felt like a regression. And when you and I talked about the Sacramento State game, you made this point, and it stuck with me and has hung with me all week, which is we didn't get better, and we didn't even stay the same. We got markedly worse in this game. From week one to week two? Yeah. We yeah. couldn't get anything going. We couldn't get any holes. And teams are going to stack the box. And look, Jane oh, Daniels yeah. to start the year, 32 of 51, 588 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Sure. Uh, fine numbers if we were also, you know, running all over teams, right. but we're not. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean, the, the numbers look good, and, and they're not bad numbers. Um, they are a bit, not misleading, I guess, but inflated. By having, you know, of those 580-some yards, what, probably 150 of them are on two passes that were short passes that got broke for a touchdown. Uh, and, and as I said last week, that doesn't, you know. Like, Still counts. It, it, yeah, it doesn't count for less points, but it's not a sustainable thing. When you're playing a defense like Michigan State and in two weeks Cal, which, you know, are, are two really solid defenses, very well coached, very good defenses, you're not going to probably get very many of those, if any. Yeah, realistically, you're not getting a five-yard pass turned into a 75-yard game. Um, and you've got to be able to move the ball down the field, get first downs, and you know convert short yardage. We've been horrible at that. Horrible. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but just you know, having paid attention to the first two games, the third and one, third and two numbers have got to be really bad. Well, you, you know, if you had that, uh, it's it's not good. And also the goal to go was yes. awful, just awful yes. so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, had had uh, gosh. So in, in Sacramento State, we had the you know the first and goal at the nine, set up by a punt return. You know, didn't didn't do anything offensively to get it. Punt return to the nine, that ends in the fumble. We you know we take it inside the ten at the end of the half, and that's when you know we get the the snap over Ethan Long's head and end up having to kick field goal. I think at least one of the other field goals in the second half was a goal-to-go situation. We had to settle for a field goal, um, you know, and, and it just, you know, it hasn't it hasn't been good, um, you know, and, and really third down and, and fourth down a couple times we've gone for it, failed on those it seemed like. So, you know, Eno got one last week, I know, a fourth and one that he, he broke for like a 30-some yard gain. Which was but his, just, I, I mean, but that in its own right, is scary because when you think yeah. about the numbers Eno put up last week, <laughs> he, I mean, 24 carries for 69 yards. Well, one was yeah. for 33. So that was yeah. 23 carries for 36 yards. Yeah, that's bad. That's less than, you know, 1.5 yards a carry, I believe. Uh, you know, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that, you know, yeah, those plays are good. And if you can sustain that, great. If you can sustain having you know, three or four big plays a game, but that's harder to do when you're playing on the road, when you're playing quality defenses. Our first two road games are very good defenses. I mean, you know, Cal has not shown any slippage from last year. They went up to Seattle and won 
you know, crazy weird game, but but still, you know, played very good defense and look look like they're for real. Um, so it's just it's it's a little bit well, it's more than a little bit concerning. It's very concerning, and you know the the story went on, you know, that we both read in the Athletic, and I thought it was you know enlightening. It's one of the reasons I like Haller to to really go into the recruiting classes and how things got to this point where we have you know, five seniors and then one junior or sophomore. Uh, I mean, it's, and I think that guy's a transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's insane how the, you know, two years of offensive line classes are basically gone. Well, uh, and you have two, you have two medical choices. guys. Right. And, right. and that just becomes devastating now because yes. there was no yes. one in the middle. No one in the middle. And then the one year where we only got one and, mm-hmm. and he's playing defense now. Uh, I mean, you know, that's that's three years of classes where we've we've really not had, you know, we've had a couple JUCO guys that played well, but they're gone now. You know, JUCO guys are, are short term fixes. Um, Casey Tucker and, came know, in and left one year, right? One year guy, yeah. You know, so it, it really it shows you, you know, and, and it's it's always kind of one of those things that is fashionable and yet somewhat annoying when you know the fans or coaching staffs allude to the previous coaching staff making mistakes, but. But they're fact, you know. Those sometimes those things are factual, and and you know I think you you see the mistakes that were made by the previous staff. I mean, those classes were were not Herm Edwards staff. Um, none of these guys were around. But you have to you have to make the best of it. Uh, you know, no one's going to feel bad for you because the previous staff didn't give you enough talent left over. Um, you have to find a way. I mean, and Herm and, and Rob Likens both kind of said it this week, and it's true. Like. You know, personnel is not going to change. Not this year. You, you know, you can't make a trade. Can't pick up a free agent. Uh, this is who you got. They just got to get better. You got to, you know, whether it's somebody else on the bench that isn't playing, or the guys who are playing and getting better, got to find a way to get better. Yeah, it is a it is a fair criticism, I think, on the cupboard being left somewhat bare in the last couple Graham recruiting classes. And the reason why I think it's fair to make, not just now looking back was because it's the reason or a reason he got fired, you know, and and it's one of the things they said, the recruiting's not good enough. We're ignoring the state. We're not recruiting California. What, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is true. You're right. That was one of the things that was held up as a, as a reason to move on from him. And and one of the things that was held up as something that's got to get better. And early returns are good, but, you know, and that, that story made the point that, you know, certain positions, you can get a, a plug-and-play running back. You know, a lot of times we see true freshman running backs all the time. They come in, and they're, they're ready to go. Um, more and more quarterbacks. You know, we've talked about that with Daniels and seeing around the country. Um, but offensive line's tough, and it's just it's tough. But, you know, I always go back to our own experience with a high school offensive lineman, John Caduce. Who, you know, in high school, he didn't have to work on technique. He didn't have to work on protection. I mean, you know, it was he was he was six foot six and and bigger and stronger than everybody that you know, he was taking on guys who were five ten. And the ball was the was ball was out up. before they could get around. Right, right. I mean, all he had to do was stand up and put his hands on somebody and he stopped, you know, and then he got to Notre Dame and things were different. And, you know, and I mean Caduce's career was you know, I don't know that Caduce really was a passionate about football and 
uh, you know, coaching staff there changed after he went. So there's other reasons, but you know, you just look at that one example, and and that's the case in a lot of these. You know, you're you're not playing equal competition, and so if you're getting, you know, guys who are good at being recruited to Power Five schools are obviously pretty good in high school. You know, it's different. You're learning you're learning new systems, but you're also getting challenged by talent that you have not faced before in a lot of circumstances and. So it's it's a learning curve. I mean, we're, we see in the NFL too. More and more of these offensive linemen come in the NFL. They're not prepared based on what they see in college. So it's the same idea. It takes a while, and you know, just kind of we we have to be patient with it, but also you know, find a way to work around it. We did last year. You know, four games into the year, we found something that worked, and it worked for the better part of the rest of the year. Uh, and just have to hope we could do the same thing this year. Something's got to change. I don't know if it's going to be more screens or more moving the pocket to try to just create a new yeah. place to hit. Yeah. But, you know, for this year, it's it's going to be rough. And my fear is, look, Donovan West and Bell mm-hmm. will be back. But sure. Cabral's playing out of position. Miller probably is playing out of position. Yeah. But they're also – but they're also both gone, and right. so's Lasoya, and and right. so's Helmsley. Hemsley, you know? right? Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, now there are other guys who aren't aren't in the lineup this year. I mean, uh, that that story, you know, and re- we're recruiting guys, and so yeah. I mean, but I think I think you know probably what you're getting at is where I'm going to. This is not necessarily a one year fix. Um, you're probably going to need to get a grad transfer or two next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Juco or something like that. Yeah, you know, but somebody's I mean, going to have to fill this gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you don't, yeah, because you're exactly right. You lose three seniors, starters, and, and one that's, a, a you know, a guy who's already played some this year off the bench. Um, you don't want to go into next year with just a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, which is basically what we would have. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, you have to find a way. Um, every team has tests when it comes to their depth you know sometimes you lose a quarterback sometimes you uh you know your receiving core gets hit you know obviously offensively um we lost quarterback we lost our number one receiver from last year uh, and our offensive line is struggling more than we would have expected due to various reasons and so you know it's on the defense to hold us in as much as possible and we'll we'll start finding out this week a bit i think you know how good they are um, numbers look good so far, but again, you have to look at quality of competition. Uh, and, you know, I think this week and, and certainly next with the Colorado team that looks to have a, you know, fair amount of weapons, more than just LaVisca Chenault, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out if they're as good as they're supposed to be. Well, so one quick thing to circle back, um, to the offense more generally and the lack of being able to punch it in. Yeah. So last week, the touchdown came on a 72-yard pass completion. And mm-hmm. the special teams player of the week, Christians and Dejas, hit four field goals. Those field goal distances were, in order, 36, 26, 35, 26. Yeah. That means well, that, that all of those were red zone field goals. All of them. And that first one from 36, that was the one where... The ball was at the five, four or five, and, and you know we lost 15 yards or something on the snap because of the bad snap. So, I mean, that, yeah. So that means that three of them, I, 
uh, you know, came when the ball was inside the 10 on that drive. At least three. Maybe all four. I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I, I didn't realize that they were all that close. Um, I remember that, you know, the first one, because that was right at the end of the first half, uh, the others started to kind of blend together in a game that was tough boring. to watch, honestly. <laughs> boring, yeah, yeah. sloppy, boring, embarrassing. Boring. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an easy way to say it. Yeah, it was kind of boring. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just got to, you got to get better. And, it, and, you know, unfortunately, I would say, I mean, I'm not giving up hope on the season, but I think it's, it's one of those that when you look at what we have in front of us, probably going to get worse before it gets better. Um, I mean, it, yes, this is this is a tough test that both of us had. This is a lost preseason before we had the anticipation of these sort of offensive struggles that we've got going right now. This is not an easy place or game to you know fix your offensive loss. Uh, those will cut. You know, we'll we'll have some games in the Pac-12 where we're playing teams that aren't great defensively. Um, you know, this isn't one of them. Uh, and, and so it's probably gonna probably gonna get worse before it looks better. I would guess. Well, and part of it is, you know, I'm looking back at last year's stats. Um, Manny Wilkins, week two against Michigan State, week three against San Diego State, 380 mm-hmm. yards, 341 yards. Those were the two weeks where Eno Benjamin had 27 and 21 yards rushing. Yeah, and yeah. That, and that is when we basically figured it out, with the exception of yep. the Stanford game, where we just were stifled every which way. Right, um, right. It kind of stands out as a as an odd one in the, after that. But yeah, you're right. After that point, it got better. But this year, we haven't had anything that would make me think we'll be able to pivot into the running game. No, no. I mean, it's. I don't think it's going to be the same. I mean, I I think we started out this year attempting to be the same type of offense that we were the last nine games of last year, and it's not working. And so you just have to, you know, I I get that, you know, Herm said this, and I I get it. Um, We're not all of a sudden going to become an air raid team, you know, drop back and throw at 80 times a game. No, I I get that. Um, But you're going to have to be more creative. You, you, You know, you mentioned screens and stuff like that, you know. If, if Eno's struggling to get going as a running back, you know, find a way to get the ball in his hands on some short passes, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, like I, I don't have all the answers because I'm not paid to have all the answers. Um, you know, this is on the offensive coaching staff to figure it out. Uh, work around your weaknesses and, and, you know, maximize your strengths, basically, whatever those are. Yeah. It's, that's the, I guess that's the concern is I'm not sure what those are just yet, offensively. Yeah, well, and meanwhile, you're, you're taking on a Michigan State team who last week, you know, picked off Western Michigan's quarterback twice. Yeah. Limited their, running, their top running back to 44 yards. You know, gave up one touchdown drive when the game was – Potentially still in doubt. It was already twenty-one nothing when they gave up the right. first score, and they didn't yeah. allow another one until there was twenty-four seconds left in the game when it was fifty-one to ten. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I saw you know I read on the Athletic today every every Thursday, Man, you know Mandel and Feldman do their picks, and they both uh, they both you know had, I think one had twenty-three to seven and one had twenty-four to seven Michigan State, and and I feel like it's going to be that type of game. Um, you know, they're not hugely explosive offensively. 
Um, I, you know, I think our defense will will be good, but I just feel like it's going to be one of those games that you know it's going to feel like we're down fifty when we're only down ten. That type of thing because we're just not able to sustain any offense. Just feels like we're going. You know, it's going to be one of those games where every time we get the ball, you're thinking, well, if we could just put something together now, we could get back in this game. We could, you know, but it's not going to happen. I just haven't seen it yet to believe it's going to happen. Each of our first two games, we've won the turnover battle 2-1. to one. Yeah. I don't think that we can win unless we win the turnover battle by two or three. I was going to say three or more. Yeah. You know, yeah. It'll, take a, so. it'll take a, you know, or a big punt block or something. Yes. That, that, yeah, punt you return. Know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, this... This feels like a game where if we're if we're gonna score enough to have a chance to win, we're gonna need a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown or you know a, a turnover or return that puts us you know inside the ten to set up a touchdown that type of thing. Like you know if we're if we're having to drive it 75, 80 yards consistently, that's a bad recipe because I don't know that we can drive it forty yards consistently. Yeah, we are going to need. Uh, every bit of advantage that Turk can provide in the punt game as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it's an uphill battle. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're having this conversation, and I'm thinking, you know, God, if you, you know, you listen to this, you'd think we were playing the, you know, 2000 Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I, you know, Michigan State's a good team. I don't think they're the greatest team, you know, in the country or anything like that. I just think, you know, what they do well compared to what we're struggling to do well is such a bad matchup. That's the thing. I mean, I, I, they're beatable. I don't, I don't think they're, you know, a, a, you know, an invincible group or anything like that, but I'm not sure they're beatable by the way this team is right now at ASU. Well, and that's the reason why we're two touchdown underdogs. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the other issue for me with this game is, I don't know what to believe about our defense. And the only thing I know to be true is our offense is a problem. Right. If I right. thought our defense was a seven point a game defense, regardless of opponent, sure. Sure. you know, yeah. that's one yeah. thing, but agreed, agreed. Uh, but, but that's such a hard thing, you know, when, when you're playing better teams and, and again, this is a better team than what we faced, um, you know, it's hard to, you know, think, well, you can hold teams and and we're going to face offenses that are better than this. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think our defense is pretty good, but are they good enough to hold teams under 20? I don't know about that. You know, especially the good offenses we're going to face, Colorado, USC appears to be pretty good offensively, Oregon, you know, those type of teams, like, I'm not sure. So this offense has just got to get better over the course of the year. And again, I mean, the, the hope what you put your hope in is what happened last year because you know, you're right. You just pointed out the numbers. Uh, there was, there were offensive struggles last year. Manny threw for a lot of yards, but you know, we beat Michigan state with what? 16 points. Mm -hmm. Um, we lost to San Diego state with under 20, I believe. Um, you know, we weren't lighting up the scoreboard in the first three games of the year. And then they figured something out. And then, you know, by the last five games, when we went four and one, we were pretty explosive offensively. You know, the running game carried us and we started hitting more big plays in the passing game. And, you know, what we were in November was a whole lot different than what we were in September. So you just, you got to put your faith in that happening again, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, one other cause for concern it, for me is through two games, Michigan State's allowed one sack. Their line yeah. is the opposite of ours. Junior, 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 sophomore, junior. Yeah, wow. You know, there's there's no true freshman, redshirt freshman. There's no, no spot where no. you're like, yeah. well, there's the hole. And yeah, well, and, and, you know, and then you look at ours, too. I mean, this is this is the first road game, crowd noise. Um, you know, you could just – you can foresee false starts. You could foresee bad snaps. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's not – doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to see things kind of going off the rails with two, you know, freshman offensive linemen that have never played a road game before in this scenario. So, you know, we'll see. Um, hopefully they've uh, they found something in the, you know, in the practice and the study this week and they'll come out and look like a different team. You know, the, the one thing I guess that can make you sort of wonder is, you know, is there an element of playing Kent State, Sacramento State, and you kind of, you're not as focused, you're not as up because you feel like, well, I'm just kind of go through the motions. I mean, you know, it's human nature. Um, you know, will there be a better focus, a better energy, that type of thing? I hope so. Uh, who knows? You know, that, that's what that's one of the things we'll find out the rest of the year, obviously. Predictions for the game. Um, I think that it will be along the lines of what you said. I don't mm-hmm. think they'll run away. I don't think it'll be 51-10. But- I, I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. But but I do think it'll feel like, you know, at a certain point I could see it being seventeen three or twenty one ten, where it just feels like, you know, a couple breaks and and we're right back in and we just never get those breaks. Yeah, so we I just never get them. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. say final score, uh, Michigan State twenty eight, ASU ten. Okay, minus. Mine's similar, very similar, and, and even closer to what those guys said in the athletic. I was, I was going to say twenty-seven-six. I, I don't know that we score a touchdown, uh, give us two field goals, um, just a just a game that you know isn't, you know, and, and and yeah, I think it'll be that type of game where it's maybe you know twenty to six or something for most of the second half, and it feels like boy, if we could just put together a drive, we'd be right back in this game, and that that drive never comes. Yeah. Well, that's uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You know, I mean, hey, we were uh, we were both optimistic going into the first two, even after the struggles of game one. I thought, well, we'll handle the game two, no problem. We'll be up big. Joey Ellen will get in. Yeah, I was wrong on that one. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll continue to be wrong, and this team will play a whole lot different. You, you never know. Yeah, I I hope so. I, I want I'm not putting my eggs in that basket though, yeah I was that. gonna say I, I want us to be good sure I sure. I believe that this team has the makings yeah, um, yeah I mean this is a game where we could lose it and come out feeling better than we do right now at 2-0 there's a possibility like you know let, let's say we lose um you know 24 to 20 or something like that and we run the ball better and you know and it's just one of those like oh you could come out of this game thinking well you know what that wasn't so bad disappointed we lost and never going to be happy about a loss doesn't matter how it is but 
there is that possibility. And then there's also that possibility of coming out of it thinking, boy, we got a long road to hoe going through the Pac-12 season. we got to get a whole lot better. I've used the phrase long road to hoe twice today without speaking to you, and you just dropped it. It's very serious. There you go. Well, see, we're on the same page. Uh, uh, looking around the rest of the, the <laughs> looking around the rest of the Pac-12. Friday night, Washington State takes on the uh, pesky Houston Cougars. Yeah, in Houston, I think Washington State's got this one. I would think. I mean, given how bad Houston's defense is and how good Washington State's offense is, you'd think they'll be able to name their number you know, as far as points they score. I mean, Houston will put up some points too. I'm sure they got a good offense with De'Ara King, but. And plus, it's at it's at NRG Stadium, isn't it? Yeah, it's not at Houston's home stadium, you know. So that's a it's a little bit different, more of a you know uh, neutral atmosphere, even though it's their backyard. So uh, I, yeah, I would think they'll be able to handle it pretty easily. And yeah. then I think they've got UCLA the next week, so they're they're in position. I think uh, week five they go to Utah, or Utah goes there. That could be a big game, a, you know, big cross division game, uh, you know, that could set the tone for both divisions, maybe. UCLA in the best opponent category yeah. for the Pac-12 this week is hosting, so they got a chance. You usually give yeah. a you usually give a team three points. I've learned on the line when they're yeah. hosting. They're hosting Oklahoma, and they're only a twenty-three and a half point underdog. I was gonna say you got a chance. That's that's like you know use the old dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, yeah, the game's gonna start zero zero. So I guess they got a chance. Uh, but that's probably going to be a bloodbath. Uh, I mean, you know, like they just talk about a team who's struggling offensively. Good God. They, they are for a Chip Kelly team. They can't put any points on the board at all. It seems like, and, and, uh, you know, not that Oklahoma is great defensively, but they score so much so easily that I, it could get really ugly there. Hurts Uh, really seems to free tickets. I was going to say Hurts seems to have, uh, found his way pretty quickly yeah, in that yeah. system. I mean, well, you know, the, the test for him, I think, will be, you know, in, in two or three of the games in the Big 12. I mean, they, they got so much talent, and the Big 12, I don't think, is all that deep. Um, it's it's going to be, you know, the Texas game. It's maybe going to be Iowa State, because Iowa State's pushed them the last couple of years, and they've got a good defense. Maybe TCU, maybe Oklahoma State. But other than that, I mean, I think he'll, he'll put up monster numbers and you know, that's just what that team does. They, they score a lot of points. They put up a lot of yards. And, uh, you know, we'll see how good he is when, when the, you know, those those handful of games will determine their season and his fate, I think. Two big games for Pac-12 national credibility. A freshly ranked number 24 USC Trojans mm-hmm. are traveling to Provo to take on the BYU Cougars. USC... Yeah needs to win this game. And the other one yes, I do. is yeah. the one and one Stanford Cardinal take it on the road True. to Orlando yeah. to take on unbeaten 17th ranked UCF. Yeah. yeah, to the bounce house in Orlando. That's right. If Stanford can go in on a Saturday afternoon and take this game away from the Knights, yeah. that would be a huge momentum boost for this conference. They could really use it. Would. It would, but I don't know. That, off, that offensive line of theirs is so banged up. Walker Little's out for the year now. you got a couple other guys that are injured, not expected to play. And, that, you know, they, they struggled offensively last week. You know, Castello's supposed to be back. Um, but, I, boy, that, that seems like a tough one. Now, I think USC should and will beat BYU. But this will be interesting for USC because they've, you know, the, 
going into the year, going into last week, it was negative, negative, negative. They're going to be bad. Clay Helm's going to get fired. And now it's the, the tide seems to have turned. And can they can they handle prosperity? Can they handle success? Or do they go up there and and you know look like uh, a poorly coached team who who you know misses an opportunity? That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I was going to do a uh, Keith Olbermann. I was going to make a very specific targeted reference about UCF wide receiver Gabriel Davis not to be confused with the Gabe Davis running for Hamilton County prosecutor in the Cincinnati region of Ohio. Well, um, okay, I, I'm not confused, but uh, I, you know, hopefully no one else will get that confused. Yeah, I mean, I knew you knew who I was talking about, but... Oh, I did, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be a fun game, though. I mean, uh, you know, good for, good for Stanford going there. Um, you know, this is obviously one that was set up before UCF's last two years. Uh, you know where they've been so good, um, but you know, cool opportunity, and and we'll see what they do. But it's just it's off to a rough start there with injuries, and and you wonder if they can hang in. Um, also curious who the UCF quarterback will be because you know Wimbush started game one, but then had some mysterious injury slash absence and didn't play last week. And the freshman kid played pretty well, and so you know, it seems like there's some uncertainty where they go with that. Their starting quarterback uh, last week was the freshman Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel. which also kid, which, like Mackenzie Milton. I was going to say it also sets up one of those nice things that occasionally happens in sports where people have a, a common name, like yes. Paul George, Chris Paul. Right. You've got a <laughs> Dylan Gabriel, Gabriel Davis situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Gabriel, I like. Gabriel connection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. You know, he uh, his numbers were weird last week. From what I saw, he had a really, you know, a, a poor completion percentage. But he threw for like three long touchdowns, and and he played well in relief of Wimbush in week one when they were, you know, blowing out whoever they played. I can't remember they played. So uh, I know there's some some hype about that kid, you know, and he was kind of a steal for them as a recruit. You know, I remember when he committed there, like man, UCF getting this kid to go there. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I, you know, I like Wimbush came from Notre Dame, but he's always going to be limited as a passer. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see this kid take over the job. The, uh, the rest of the conference slate are games that probably are going to be one-sided. And yeah. Arizona, Texas Tech's interesting down there. That's a, you know, uh, should, should be a ton of points. I would think. Yeah. That's going to be a game where, uh, if you want to stay up late and you don't yeah. want to see any stops that aren't by way of the turnover <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah i mean you think old uh alan bowman is gonna put up a lot of yards and a lot of points uh because that's what texas tech does and he's off to a good start this year like always even though they don't have coach handsome anymore um but uh yeah that, that should be a, a shootout pac-12 after dark like they always want around the uh, rest of the country the cyhawk trophies up for grabs yeah. again in ames that should College be a fun game, game. Yes, yes, yes. That's pretty cool. Uh, Iowa State checks off the, the you know the list of the teams that are you know major conference teams that haven't hosted game day. That should be fun. Yeah, hopefully they'll play better than they did week one. Um, they were off last week, so they'll they'll need to play better than that to make it a, a good game. But certainly it'll be a fun atmosphere. Uh, in real honest to goodness SEC action, the Florida Gators take it to Kentucky. Right. After the 31-year winning streak is snapped last season, yeah. 
I don't think Kentucky is going to have the magic this time around in Lexington. Well, losing their quarterback, too, last week. He's done for the year. And then, you know, they already lost so many key guys from last year. Benny Snell and Josh Allen primarily, but a lot of other guys, too. I don't think they're going to be as good. And Florida's pretty good. I mean, Florida, to me, is a little bit like Oklahoma, not at the same sense of going to put up a ton of points. But, like, Florida's, Florida's probably, you know, just by talent, they're going to win eight or nine games. It's going to come down to the Georgia game. The LSU game, but, you know, those are the games that are going to define them. They'll they'll win a lot of games, but can they win the games against the really good teams they're going to face? I'm not sure about that yet. And in ACC action, Florida State, Virginia from Charlottesville should be fun. Should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a you know obviously Florida State's been off to a rough start, um, and and so it seems like that's a game for Virginia to make a statement. Like you know, they're they're really a, a, a coastal favorite as they're supposed to be they were the preseason pick they were my preseason pick uh you know like you, you should win that game and win it fairly easily and i it's amazing to say that uh, all the years virginia played florida state you would have said the opposite but it doesn't feel like that right now Virginia's a pretty good team and florida state does not appear to be that covers the games i wanted to touch on in the uh college football ranks matt anything i missed yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously the, the big ABC game is Clemson-Syracuse, which if Syracuse had played better last week, I think that would feel like a monster game because Syracuse given them a heck of a tough time last two years. You know, they beat them, beat them there on a Friday night two years ago, and then the, the week that you and I were at uh, Northwestern, they almost had the game, you know, had it in hand last year, and then Chase Bryce led that comeback and, that, you know, saved Clemson's undefeated season, so... That's interesting. I mean, you, you know, because you think that Syracuse, like, everybody's going to be down on them because they got blown out last week. Now they're at home, national TV game, blah, blah, blah. You feel like they'll, they'll come out with some fire. Like, I don't think Clemson's going to roll over them like some people think. There's going to be a lot of fun action. We'll be back to talk about it. Um, don't know when that will be, but we're going to get closer to our regularly scheduled fall programming, which is... Yes. Preview, recap, preview, recap the rest of the way. That's right. That's right. Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.